0: You're listening to Big Blend Radio's Lost Angel Travel Adventures show with Linda Ballou, travel writer and author, and your host, Lisa Smith. Hey everybody, super excited for our third episode today Uh, with Linda Ballou, you know, travel writer and author and um, I encourage you, you know, it is December, it's the holiday season, to go to our website, lostangeladventures.com and lindabalooauthor.com. But today I want to, before we get Linda to talk about her High Sierra adventures, falling in the footsteps of John Muir uh, up in California's beautiful High Sierra country. We're going to talk about horse riding, trail riding, horse jumping. We're also going to talk about her book, The Cowgirl Jumped Over the Moon, her novel, which I just finished last night and exclusive, exclusive. i was really mad when it ended so you know i'm just waiting for part two and she hinted at it at the end of the Uh, book i'm just i'm going to get on her case today um but linda before we go hang out with john muir country in the john muir country um i do want to touch on lost angel adventures i remember you first came on the show you know you're talking about walking the california coastline but um I think it's important to kind of explain the lost angel that you've got a book, three books on that series. So tell everybody about the three books, give
1: an overview and why you're a lost angel. Right. Yeah. I want people to understand that I am a lost angel, like 17 million other lost angels in the city of Los Angeles. And my travels are about my adventures outside of LA so LA you know Los angel walkabout I take you uh, to Costa Rica New Zealand you know a lot of places that I've tried. a lot of the wild west because I'm a horse person uh, and in Los angel in paradise I take you up the coast of California which I love and uh, I take you on a hike a medium hike, not hard, and then down to, or maybe a beach stroll, something like that. And then I take you to a sweatband-friendly eatery where you can eat outdoors. <laughs> and I'm an outdoors person, so all of the all of the day trips that I have from Malibu to Mendocino are are outdoor days. And then Lost Angel Unleashed, uh, I just released in 2023. And it is travel memoir, and it, it talks about my early beginnings in Alaska. The first story uh, it takes you to my teenage years in Alaska, and um, and then a lot of very personal stories that didn't get included for one reason or another. So, uh, yeah, I'm a lost angel, and, the but city of angels. To- yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: in the si- Well, some people that don't know Los Angeles is known as the city of
1: angels right right so it's it's nothing to do with religion my uh religion is that i find salvation in nature Mm. so it's uh i just want to be clear about that because i've people some people have been confused thinking that you know i'm talking about religion and i'm not (laughs) i'm talking about adventure (laughs) and in life yeah,
0: and that's that's you know, it is so interesting to read the cowgirl jumped over the moon. I love it. Um also, you know, Nancy and I are, are horse people too and had horses when we lived in South Africa. I was one of those girls that had her wall covered in horse pictures and then finally had, you know, the real horse experience and the right. vet bills and the doctor bills to go with it. Right. They they go hand in hand. Um but there was so much to learn and I and I think Anybody who loves horses knows and especially has had, had them and had that experience and really um, ridden and, I mean, I used to sleep in the stable with my horse, like nice. like one of those crazies, right? Um, your book is so beautiful in that it talks about how overcoming things, right? right? Overcoming those, you know, emotional obstacles, all kinds of obstacles. I don't want to give the book away, but also this, this um, relationship between humans and and horses and um i think when you read it as an equestrian person you're you will understand that um how to treat a horse well and how a horse will take care of you in return
1: right i think once you're a horse person always a horse person yes (laughs) and when i was in the horse world uh for a decade i had uh my own horse and We did everything together. She was my best friend, you know, and really a physical connection and an emotional connection. You work with the horse and, uh, you know, a lot of horses are used to help uh, people with PC, you know, vets with PTSD or, uh, you know, other problems. And so um, when I, before I wrote cowgirl jumped over the moon, I was just hook, line and sinker into the horse world. And I, I, Went, one of the trips that I did when I was able to do these things was I took a horseback trip up into the high Sierras Beautiful. and on the um, and I was just totally totally enamored with the high Sierras. I mean it is magical up there. I mean you're up at like 10,000 feet and uh, it's uh, you know unsullied nature and especially in the spring I went in the fall and the spring both, Gorgeous times to be in the high country. But in the spring, you have these lovely little rills framed in wildflowers. And you, you know, you, it's just uh, incredibly Paradise. beautiful. <laughs> and uh, on the fourth night of my five day pack trip up into the high Sierras, I t- tripped and fell and landed on a log that was jutting up. And it hit in my ribs, and it it cracked my ribs. So there I was, uh, lying on the Pacific Crest Trail, about a football field away from my camp, and uh, watching the world spin around, you know. And it was a very, very precarious situation, because uh, we didn't have a satellite phone. This was early in the days, and my Wranglers were quite naive. They had just come down from Canada. And they hadn't really been trained on this trail, but they were both really lovely young men. And, um, you know, the one kid looks down at me. I'm laying there on the ground. He looks down at me and he says, well, do you want us to get a helicopter? And I went, yeah. He says, well, okay, you have to authorize it. And I said, well, okay. And so he got a paper bag and I just signed on this paper bag, you know, <laughs> yes, please, please get me a helicopter because I, I can't walk. I certainly can't ride out. It was like a, you know, a full day ride out and I was at 10,000 feet. So, uh, oh, and breathing at that point when your ribs are messed oh, up. I, I mean, I was in agony. I've never experienced that much pain, intense pain, uh, before or since, I don't think. And there was only, there were no medical stuff (laughs) on the camp. These kids were totally unprepared for an emergency. And there was, I had a Tylenol PM. That was it. So the the one guy, the one young guy, he rode out for me at night. Very dangerous ride. He saved my life. And uh, the next morning, there were two helicopters circling overhead. (laughs) Two, boy, two, and, to, to, and uh, but they they couldn't find a place to land, so they were just circling and circling. So the head wrangler come over to me and he says, "Well, we're gonna have to leave now." <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I was like trying not to cry. I said, you're leaving. He said, yes, well, we have these other guests we have to take down the hill cause we're running out of food and we, you know, have to feed the horses, blah, blah, blah. So, but we're going to leave cookie here with you with a mule. And I, if, in case she has to take me down on the mule. All right. So, I mean, this was like really getting serious. So I'm laying there. We look, looking up, watching the helicopter circle around. And, uh, they went away. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so the next thing I knew, and I was really beside myself at that point, not knowing, you know, whether to cry or scream or what. And uh, the next thing I knew, I was being uh, put rescued, and they were putting a neck clamp on me, and they were putting me on a, a you know, a carrier. And these uh, military guys carried me at least, oh, I don't know, maybe half a mile on a stretcher.
0: And then when I'm wow. laying down,
1: yeah and I'm laying down on the helicopter floor looking up and I've got you know a tube in my arm and everything and uh, I said I said I had to be crass but uh how much is this going to cost me <laughs>
0: I, know. I mean, even an ambulance right now, you don't want to call an ambulance these days. Well, you
1: know, I mean, and your insurance does not cover it unless, and I learned the lesson. Anyway, uh, he oh. said, well, you're lucky. And I went, really? And he said, yeah. He said, this one is on the on us. This is on the government. He said, if the sheriff copter had picked you up, you would have been charged. But we're just hanging around doing nothing, so it's okay. <laughs> okay. So- hey, here's for the military. <laughs> So I learned I learned a lot of lessons there. And one of the big ones that I really want to share with people, and I do this all the time in my articles, is that even if you're traveling domestically, that is in the United States for me, um, get emergency medical evacuation insurance. You can fall down and trip anywhere, you know, and the ambulance costs, you know, if you have to be airlifted out, a lot of hikers get airlifted out around here in Santa Monica Mountains. You know, yeah. and in Hawaii, they'll charge you the cost and here, too. But I mean, if you get emergency medical insurance, um, then that cost will be covered. And, and it's only costs about 50 to 75 dollars. There's several companies. Actually, there's only one left that I know about that offers that option where you can just oh. buy that coverage and not have to get a full uh, travel insurance policy.
0: Oh wow! So that's a, that's a good, good tip. I mean, because we have so many. I know for our audience is huge on outdoors and park travel. Right, and right. I always think about internationally, but I never really think about that
1: domestic thing.
0: And, right. And evacuations
1: right. now with wildfires and all kinds right. of stuff. Right. No, it's serious. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a thousand dollars. I had an accident on Ginger, locally, and it was like a thousand dollars for them to take me five miles to the nearest uh, hospital. So, yeah, I mean, it's just something that, you know, it's not that expensive and, and I buy it every year. I buy it for every trip I take. So at any rate, um, the high Sierras were so gorgeous. And even though I got injured there, (laughs) I always wanted to go back because it's so beautiful. And, um, so when I got injured riding, I didn't really get injured riding Ginger, but my back went out, and I had to I had to give up jumping and being in events and all that crazy stuff.
0: <laughs> no Grand Prix for you after that, That'll right? So back.
1: so I had to give it up, but um, I, I loved it so much that I took my protagonist there, so she could be there, you know, so she could be there for me. Yeah. So I, I'd like to read a little bit from um, Falling in the Footsteps of John Muir. And, and I want to
0: just uh, let people know that Falling in the Footsteps in, in John Muir's Lost Angel story from uh, your book, Lost Angel Walkabout. And then right. The Cowgirl Jumped Over the Moon is the novel that is based off of this. Um, and then Linda, uh, because the, the novel does follow this uh, lady Jemsey, who's a horse rider and also gets injured. And how she overcomes that goes through the you know the john muir wilderness area um with a horse and as uh you know linda loves to put some hot romance in there oh well we'll get know. there we'll get there okay good all right so read us, read your passage yeah i want to read this i want to
1: read this because i want people to feel how how beautiful it is and why mm-hmm. it inspired me so much it's So okay We ambled beside the creek, cascading down boulders the size of boxcars for a couple of hours. I scanned the deep pools and crevices of the creek, trying to find the water osel, a clever little bird that dives beneath the water looking for tidbits that kept John Muir amused for hours. The wrangler's bottom rocked back and forth in the saddle while he rhythmically swatted the horse with a quirt, humming a cowboy tune. He made a hairpin turn up the mountain, taking us on a trail that snaked towards the sun. The narrow, boulder-strewn switchback called for the nerves of a bullfighter and the strength of a mule. I was aboard Judy, an unflappable mountain horse who casually snagged Purple Lupin on the side of the trail, never noticing the gorge below. I trusted her sure-footedness and pushed visions of a rider and horse rocketing down the chasm from my mind. Iva Bell Hot Springs rests in a sheltered valley surrounded by rugged peaks. A circle of rocks forms a pool with a pipe jutting out of a boulder, delivering steaming water into a frothy brew. We tore off our clothes, revealing swimsuits and white legs, jumped into the pool, letting the water melt away the ache of saddle sore muscles. When I reached Parboil, I sprawled on a hot boulder like a marmot to dry in the warm sun. A cool breeze licked across my wet skin. I sank into the strength of rock, consciously absorbing the essence of Iva Bell, imagining that I'd joined John in his reveries. Now, that was the day that I got hurt. I was like lightheaded from being in the hot springs, and it was a very big riding day. So when I left camp to go for a, to do a little birding. <laughs> you, know, you never know how you're going to get hurt. I stepped into this reel and sank into it. So the point is I loved every second of it. <laughs> it was so beautiful. And I would have, in this lifetime love to have gone back in a horse trip but I couldn't. But I could take Jimsey. And I put Jimsey on my mayor that I love to death and that I just hated giving up. <laughs> and I put her on Gypsy up on the, up on the Sierras. <laughs> and so she got, it got was, to go in the hot, springs. She got and to the hot, hot springs. springs. In the hot springs is where I take her with Brady. She, she in the Ooh. book, she uh, don't give it away. Now don't be careful. I, I, won't give, I won't give it away, but she's, she's in a, she's encountered with a bear and that, incident puts her in the arms of brady and brady and she somehow you know have a steamy romance there in iva bell springs now how did that happen i was like you you know i said i was thinking about rocks but i think i might have been thinking about something else (laughs) well apparently you do like
0: um cowboys uh, and wranglers in front of you with good butts
1: i gotta admit it i I gotta admit it i mean he is my fantasy guy i mean he's a he's a he's a He's good looking, but he's not vain. Yeah. He's very capable. He's a great cook. Oh, we with good intelligence <laughs> He's intelligent. intelligent. He he's knows intelligent. Wine. You know, those animals
0: loves nature, and I love. Yes. I love how I, the wildlife conservation part comes through in the right. Now that's story a very too. special
1: message, uh, Lisa, that a lot of people really don't pick up on and haven't commented on, and it was very important to me because being from Alaska. I'm really disturbed by people who disturb the natural world and who are really stupid about it when they're there. Like when I lived in Haines Alaska when I was a teenager, uh, the tourists would come up and there was a place where the bears would feed and they'd come out pretty regularly every night and you could and they were on the other side of the river. So, and the tourists were on the, the bank side, the camp side. So a mama bear came in with her two cubs. And a silly tourist went into the cross the river, you know, waited, which was stupid to begin with. It was very dangerous and approached the baby. And, of course, the oh. mother attacked her. Yeah. And so, you know, the I the so. you know, the end of the story is they put yeah. down there. And, yeah. and I thought what was so
0: good and also that you brought in the Native American um, culture and stories into the book as well and and our dear friend who's who's passed um i think i've told you about jim Ostick, and he's he cycled you know he retired as a teacher cycled the perimeter of the country walked across the country has done (laughs) most of the appalachian trail and then the pacific crest trail and his last book i i should send that to you um it was walks far man and it was It's Mm. not so you know how there's so many Pacific Crest Trail books and and, uh the wilderness area, the John Muir area that you're talking about is on the on the Pacific Crest Trail. And his was about understanding where you're walking and you know, the Native American cultures that have lived there for centuries, right? Mm -hmm. And the stories of these uh of the cultures. And um when you were talking about Brady and the Bear and some of the in some of the stories, the Native American right. stories, you mentioned right. the Nez Perce because he had been up in that area right. of the Nez Perce. We're right. going
1: there next. I can't right? wait. Next time we talk to you, yeah. we'll be oh the Appaloosa, L- the Appaloosa lady, the Appaloosa lady. Yeah, yeah, Christy. Williams, I I want to. I'm looking forward to meeting or hearing about her.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna be up in Joseph, um, Oregon during Chief the winter. Joseph. Yeah, we're... my story
1: uh, uh, about being in wisdom. Uh, Montana. That's where yeah. I went to Chief Joseph's village where they were attacked. Uh but at dawn. But they this was the only battle that they actually won. They got the Gatlin gun away from the army and turned it on. Them. And this was the only battle Chief <laughs> yeah. Joseph won. So, yeah. so I I wrote about that. That's in Lost Angel walk about also mm-hmm. that story about Chief Joseph. But that's yeah. what I
0: think is also great is it does tie into this area and um, you were talking about the Wranglers that, you know, came in from Canada, but you know, all throughout the West, you know, people go back and forth according to season, these, these Wranglers and riders,
1: mm, you know,
0: gee. they really do. So that's part of, um, the culture of the American West. You know, are these right, these the riders. Indian
1: migrations for, you know, seasonal hunting and so on, you know, and also our, in, my, my local Indians. Indians here had uh, trails that went, you know, to Colorado and to the southwest and they had trading routes and so on. They had vast trail networks. Um, You know, my Indians had the sea so they could gather things from the sea that weren't inland. At any rate, um, I just read a good book called The Trail. I can't pronounce the man's name, but I have to say, I think it's the best book I've read about doing the Pacific Crest Trail. Now, I know a woman who has, who rides solo. I wanted to ride solo on the trail. Uh, and this yeah. woman, young woman named Jillian, I can't, Jillian Larson, I think is her name. Um, she did it. She does it. She does it with the help of her mother, who, is, you know, is along with support at different stops, you know, because you have to have sure. feed for your animals, you know, and you can't carry all that stuff. Yeah, it's different than hiking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. At any rate, uh, you know, writing the book, I got injured, as I say, I had to give up my 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 really wonderful life that I loved, going out to the ranch. every When I, I lived, I kept my house at a place called Creekside. And every time I would drive across the creek and be on the other side and be in the barn, I could feel my molecules settling into place. You know, I was yep. just my happy. I was just so happy there with the with the smell of leather and manure. You know, Even I mean,
0: horse I, pee smells good. I mean, I can't <laughs> explain it. You know, there. Well, it, You know, it is. There's something about horses and having that connection. Because, and, and one part of point of your book, uh, one part of it, um, there's the trainer Billy. That's Painting Gemsy right. the, and their horse Marshall. And he was talking about at one point, you cannot put, match your weight against the horse. The horse will always win. If you try to right. communicate and
1: control, and um, yet Dominique, boy, did I want to smack her. <laughs> <laughs> She was based on a real character, and so was the trainer. The trainer was based on Jimmy Williams, who's a really famous trainer. He's not with us anymore, but I he was alive at the time, and I was able to interview him.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: he was a very cool guy. Um, you know, he was a tall man, a large man, and, um, you know, usually men don't connect with the way women do with horses, you know, typically. Uh, but he really did, you know, and he had a very gentle way with it you know Mm. uh and um he was really he he was quite inspirational for me and part of my when i was in the horse world and you know getting lessons and training and going to events and jumping and so forth i was really honored to to meet with him and so i put him in my boat Yeah, and 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 the way the way
0: people cared for the horse i thought that was so crucial because when we had our horses and we did do a little bit of jumping and things like that, Nancy's horse was a Flemish cart horse named Surtees after the race car driver. And he loved to jump. He was, I think, like mm-hmm. 18, 19 hands. He was huge. Wow. Yeah. He was huge. And it would take – yeah, he was 17 years old and, and 19 hands. And he was retired from jumping. But we had it set up in our what we called a paddock out there, a corral here, I suppose and set up all the jumps but he would go and do the jumps every day and then do it as his, his own you know circuit and then he would reverse it and even when she showed him he would finish it and then go we're going back in and do it backwards he was, <laughs> he was so into it um, um, but, but the the um, attitudes like I remember one lady kind of like your Dominique character mm. getting after me because I had a, a Cinnabar <laughs> was my horse oh my horse Cinnabar I wrote about her as a kid in every single high school. I went to every school. Here's I'm regurgitating the same story because I did a lot of different schools from travel. But she um, was a dun, and part Arab and part pony. She was beautiful. I mean, just this wispy, long mane and her tail almost hit the ground. And we needed that. We're in Africa, man. There's flies everywhere. Horse flies. (laughs) You needed to. and, And I tell you, this snotty woman. I'm watching my language here. Uh, what wanted, they, they try to do a campaign against me about I need to cut her her tail, and I'm like, no, I don't.
1: And so there was this whole we called it the mink and manure set. Uh, well, there is there's a lot of competition in it, and you have you know a lot of the horse people are quite wealthy. You have to be uh, yeah. to to really participate in it fully. Uh, so there's quite a bit of snobbery and. Uh, you know, I never really fit there. I was more of, uh, I loved to trail. And that was a wonderful thing. Yeah. Jimsy loved to trail. Or not Jimsy, Ginger. So, uh, but my horse was uh, an Appaloosa who was about the size of a quarter oh. horse. and But she was all white. She didn't have the spots. Oh, wow. Uh, but she was uh, short on legs, but long on heart. And God love her. I I mean, she was so bold and so brave. I mean, when I took her out on the trail, she would tromp through anything. You know, she Mm -hmm. wasn't like these high-strung thoroughbreds that a lot of the wealthy people were riding and who couldn't handle, by the way. Yeah, you know, there's all of that. There's a lot of snobbery in the horse world.
0: Well, the trail riding, I we all preferred that. Nancy and I did as well. And um, but it comes with this whole other set of having to be completely observant. You have to trust right. your horse in its footsteps, right. um, you know, because I mean, where we were, we you have bears and, and deer and that kind of wildlife here over there. We had warthogs. We would go riding through this old game reserve. And if they got spooked, I mean, I remember plastic bags and my horse were the two a plastic bag anywhere off she goes, you know, oh, yeah. and um, she loved to just drop her front shoulder, man. It's just like, well, some of them going? are, so, you
1: know, some of them are afraid of water, afraid of this and that, you yeah, know, because yeah. they're because they're allowed to be because they're not trained properly to deal yep. with. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's why I loved um, ginger so much. You know, we we went all over these mountains that I live in, and yeah, uh, you know, it nice. was it was it was a, it was a great time in my life. So, the cowgirl jumped over the moon was my way of moving forward from my injury and um, it's been well received um, and people seem really to enjoy good it I enjoy it it's fun and then after that I went okay well I can't be a tilt horse person anymore and I love to write and I like to travel oh I know why don't I be a uh, adventure travel writer and go to guest ranches and that's what I that's what I did. Well, you, but you know, you
0: know, horses. It's very, you know, obvious. And you also know the terrain really well. And I know that area, um, like the back of my hand. I really do know the Yosemite, the High Sierras, Owens Valley, Bishop, Lone Pine, ah. Independence, Manzanar, all of that, Highway 395. Right. That area to me is magic land. It and really is. I, and I've, I watched the moon set with pink a pink sunset coming and the moon at the same time (laughs) and over mono lake one time when i I was driving from sacramento to 395 and they were shutting down the roads because a
1: snowstorm was coming in and i'm like this is cool though this is Right. Yeah, my but it can happen. Yeah, the the horse camp that I took out of was out of Bishop at Rock Creek and um and the fall trip was just so lovely, you know, the oh, man, aspens are spinning like silver dollars and uh you know, you have uh, I, but I'll tell you on that first trip that I took that was in the fall, I have another story in Los Angeles walk about it. it's it's called on getting an altitudinal. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. (laughs) Because that night we camped out. It was, I guess it was September, October, and it went down to, I don't know what's below zero, you know. And I was in this tent in a mummy bag on a rubber thing. And I kept flipping and flopping and flipping and flopping, sliding on this rubber thing. And (laughs) so the next thing I know, I popped the zipper on my mummy bag. (laughs) Oh, okay. You brought that. And then <laughs> I was hanging out in the wind. Then I was like, you know, uh, and so I got up in the middle of the night and the stars were crackling. You know, I mean, it was just crystal clear Amazing. and a billion stars. And I go over to the, the guy, the, you know, the wrangler, and I said, You got to get, me. I got to go down the, I got to get out of here. <laughs> Cold. This was my first trip in the mountains. And he says, I'm sorry, lady, little lady, nobody's going downhill right now. You're going to have to wait till the morning. And I went, "Ah." I said, Well, I don't think I can make it to the morning. (laughs) He He said, All right, all right. You go back to your tent and I'll come over and fix you up. So he comes over and he comes back with. Some sweaty horse pads and throws those over me. <laughs> I, spend hey. the, I spend the rest of the night. Okay, I'm not freezing my ass, but I'm like, I can't you believe. Might as well it's smell the, like horse. Yeah, I can't There's believe nothing like this horse sweat. <laughs> well, you
0: know, when you're in that, you know, in the Sierras, because it changed. I mean, we were in Yosemite once. It was the beginning of October, for a snowfall. You never know what's going to happen in fall, right? And um, you've got to think about the Donner Party when you're. I mean, you didn't. You didn't tell me that didn't go through your brain. When, uh, well, <laughs> that, that would was have been a-
1: that was my first time in the mountains in any kind of altitude. I think I, I learned that at nine thousand feet, I get uh, mountain sickness. So now another tip: I I, I I carry Diamox when I go in anything over nine thousand feet. Uh, which is a prescriptive drug that will will take care of it. Of course, you know you can drink a lot of water, um, and you know try that, but I, for me, that's not enough. You know, so I. Do that's have, amazing because you being in Alaska, you would think that wouldn't happen. Alaska is not high elevation. Uh, I was yeah. on the in, I was on the Inside Passage, so I was on water level, and the mountains around me were maybe went up to six thousand, but the town that I lived in was, uh, you know, sea level. In Alaska, lived on the pass, right. on the water. So, yeah.
0: Because yeah. you have a rainforest there too. So Yeah,
1: well, the Tongass Forest is, I think, one of the largest forest preserves left in the world. And people have been fighting for it ever since I was a kid, you know, preventing logging in the Tongass Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my stories in Los Angeles Walkabout is about a lost angel phoned home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have to go home and i have to i remember that yeah i have to go to uh, seduction trail actually is what it was called and uh to be able to be back in that forest which is quite gloomy in a way but when the sun comes out it's, it is magical you know because you have a lot of uh, ferns and mosses and it's a rainforest uh mm. so it can be quite soggy but um i spent it, when I lived in, in Haynes, Alaska as a teen, I would walk many hours in the forest and along on the, on the bay because when you're a teen, it, it's kind of a hard time. You know, you need to, you need to think a bit. <laughs> about it all get away from the boys once in a while (laughs) well i was a transplant you know i lived in california and my parents took Mm -hmm. me up there when i was 13 so it was a really head-spinning affair but i got the way i survived it was i was a i won't say i was an outcast but i didn't really fit in too well Mm. she's a lost angel yeah i was a lost angel that's (laughs) absolutely right (laughs) Uh, so I would take these long walks in the forest and um it became my salvation and that's what I in my big message in everything I've ever written in any book or story is that we can find sustenance and solace and strength in nature. Nature is big that's enough. Nature yep. can absorb whatever you're struggling with. You know, mm-hmm. nature can take you out of yourself. Nature can help she you will. find yourself. So that's, you know, that nature can be our salvation is my religion.
0: I absolutely agree. Linda, always fun having you on the show. And uh you're here every third Wednesday and this uh, airs the 20th of December. So before you go, um, For those who are like, oh, I didn't ga- get this gift for this person. Oh. People can order Kindle right and get it. Um,
1: Yeah, you can and- get my book. All my books are on Amazon and all the digital places. But if you buy my books on my site, like if you buy the Lost Angel trilogy that I mentioned in the beginning, you can buy it print books for $30 for the set. And I will gift wrap it and ship it anywhere in the US, including Hawaii. And Even all if it's late, books. because it's
0: the 20th. Yeah, because yeah. thinking so you've
1: for the got time. You've got time to buy them on my uh, com site is where I have that offer. Um, any of my books that you buy, though, wh- I'll gift wrap and ship anywhere. But the the uh, the trilogy, I'm I'm giving you know pretty good deal on that for three print books shipped. Anywhere. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think it's awesome when you can get something directly from the author. And um, I'm not knocking Amazon. I know everybody is you know connected. I mean, even if you think about something, it's gonna
1: you're gonna get an ad
0: from Amazon. <laughs> if you please, right. we're well, gonna tell you to buy Kleenex.
1: You know, I mean, Amazon is the gorilla in the room, but uh, I have my books are on all the other digital platforms as well. Yeah,
0: bookshop.org is an awesome place. I support the small
1: bookstores, exactly. If you buy on bookshop.org, you support your local bookstore. Awesome, awesome. Awesome.
0: So everyone again, thank you so much for joining us. We're here every third Wednesday, and um, keep up with us. And listen, go get some books. Get some books for the holidays, and winter is the perfect time to snuggle with a cup of coco- cocoa a hot chocolate and read a book or some tea or whatever. I just feel like we need a fireplace. And, you know, I think <laughs> everybody who uh, is a horse lover should have The Cowgirl Jumped Over the Moon. It is an awesome, awesome book. I'm so glad I read it. I took the afternoon off yesterday <laughs> now and, and, and don't There's people nagging me today because I was supposed to do something yesterday and I'm like, Um, I'm finishing this. It's Linda's fault. So (laughs) there you go. It's that good. Uh, So do it. Thanks so much for Thank you, Lisa. And happy holidays
1: (laughs) to you, dear. Okay. Bye bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio's Lost Angel travel adventure show with Linda Belou, travel writer and author keep up with her at lindabalooauthor.com and lostangeladventures.com. You can also keep up with Big Blend Radio at bigblendradio.com. Now, happy traveling!